Timothy, here we are. We're uh, podcasting again. Um, it, it's it's sad to say this, but in some ways, I wish I wasn't. I, I don't want to have to podcast. I love podcasting, but I don't want to have to do it. And oh, I per- see what you mean because you have to do it because you can't meet with your church now. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, We've podcasted for years now, you and I, and this is the first time I'm feeling that I'm doing it for a whole different set of re- reasons. And I wonder, I wonder too, as, as people take this in, whether or not they're going to be re- receiving it in different places. I, I wonder before if people were taking it on a commute or um, on a shopping trip or something like that as they're driving around but i wonder if now there might be more people at home you know with their family uh taking this in and i wonder what that means for podcasting but that's those are thoughts for another day i i was sitting there last night at home with my own family and we popped on the evening news i i wanted to participate i guess in a way with our national culture. So I was watching a national news show with uh, Nora O'Donnell and uh, she came on and the headline was America shut down. You know, it was just that abrupt America shut down. That was the, that was the leading article. And I, I, I'm not sure that was really overblown, uh, Timothy, because, uh, in, in a certain way, it resonated with me. I, I thought, I'm shut down, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, here in my city, my church. Yeah, yeah, we're shut down too. We're, restaurants are closed, bars are closed, um, entertainment venues are closed. I'm really sure that our church is going to be closed. Uh, we, we can't worship together. Things, things are closed. Life is ground to a halt. Schools are closed. I wanted to just take a moment to, you know, just recognize what people might be feeling, what I'm certainly feeling. There's grief and sadness that's associated with this. I was just scanning through some some articles this morning, and uh, there's just a great deal of pain and grief attached to this. People's business people's businesses are on the line. I read one one piece that said we're going to come out of this months from now kind of walk out of our holes in the ground and realize that the the entire landscape has changed, you know, cultural institutions, businesses. Uh I don't mean to be apocalyptic about it. I'm just telling you what I read. And there's grief that's attached to that. It's not we're starting to realize more of the implications of of what we're doing right now. It's not just that we don't get to watch the NBA or participate in March Madness anymore. Now it's our personal pocketbooks. It's um, local businesses. It's cultural institutions. Um, I saw a piece on college students uh, grieving the fact that their normal college experience has been abbreviated. Uh, ended 
my daughter's at home. She she can't go to school right now. Um, well, I think there's I think there's two predominant emotions if if you wanted to call them that. Like we people are worried. People are worried. Um, they're, they're, you know, some are afraid, and uh, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody, and and he said, "Are you are you worried, Pastor?" And I said, "You know, I'm I'm not worried about COVID nineteen. I think we're going to take the right steps to to prevent the spread, and, and God's going to take care of us. But I am concerned. Uh, I think concern's the right word. I am concerned about the life of our church." You know that people get used to not going to church. That people will um, continue to social distance when we don't need to social distance anymore. That um, people will be cut off from each other. I mean, th- these are w- worries that are unique to a pastor, but everybody in their own vocations has has worries. I, I was talking to someone who does fashion in my church and and she told me that um she's not sure that buyers are going to show up to look at the designs and and um our small business owners are they don't know how are they going to pay the bills because nobody's eating out anymore or going into their stores and you know i could go i could go on and on and on about this one one um of our members uh, is a is a head chef and um he had to send a whole bunch of people home from work and so i don't even think we totally understand yet everything that this is going to mean for people so people are concerned but the other thing that people are going through right now and i can speak to this too is we're all grieving we're, we're, we really are grieving and that's I think it's a healthy thing. And one of the things I wanted to do with you today, Jonathan, and, and, and this is what this podcast is really all about, is just to name everything that we're losing right now. The, we're calling it the real cost of social distancing, and then we want to talk about ways that we can redeem it. But there's a there's a real cost to and, and, a, and a real loss that, we're going to experience as we social distance through this pandemic. Correct. And that's why I started the way I did is I want to just begin to name even, even so if you're sitting at home, you can know um, even as you're maybe more alone, you're not alone at all. That there's, there's people who understand who are with you and, uh, feel this with you and to affirm what we're all going through we're struggling and, with this yeah and like just to kind of meet meet the the fears and and the anxieties and the sadnesses here like our god is with us in this like he he came in jesus to be to be our savior and one day he'll wipe away every tear but for now we have to we we're going through this and we can know that he's never let us down. He won't this time either. And and that he's up to something. That's ultimately where we want to go with this. But first, we just want to spend some time lamenting. And this is a really healthy thing to do, to just be honest about the fact that there's a sadness in the fact that we can't, like yesterday, 
we, I had a really hard moment because I had to send, I sent my parents away. Um, they helped take care of my kids. I said, mom and dad, you got to go. Um, it's not safe for you to be around here because they're in that, um, that category of people that are higher risk. And I sent them away and, and it was really sad uh, for us to do that. And I think it's okay to be sad. This, this is a sad time. Yeah. And people are, like you say, you know, are all feeling that in different ways, sometimes more pressure and, and more stress and not even quite grief yet, but, but there it is. And I think we can make some, some specific applications to the church too. And, and we want to be balanced in this podcast. We, we, we really do. And, and so we recognize we're coming in today and anytime you're talking about something that's super current, uh, the danger is to overreact to say too much or, or not enough on the other hand. And so we're going to do our very best to speak humbly, but, um, also strongly, uh, for the church. Right. And just to kind of think, think together about, you know, what, what is it that we're losing by honoring our leaders and obeying them by social distancing? And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is really the need for the Christian to be together, to be together and really the gift that that is. And, you know, I just wanted to talk about it in this way. Uh, um, there's a pretty funny YouTube video out there of Snoop Dogg commenting on these um, nature shows and um, eat like a crocodile, <laughs> a, a, a crocodile sort of um, leaping out of the water and, and getting someone, a wildebeest or something like that, that's been exposed and isolated. And that's really how predators function, right? They, they always want to look for someone who is broken off from the pack or the herd and get them separated um, from, from, from the herd. And um, now all of a sudden we're all separated from, you know, our churches. That's, that's the honest to good and true truth we're going to do our best to come together in in the unique ways that technology allows um but i i think it's it's worth kind of thinking about does the devil see an opportunity here to we're all separated from each other and and maybe for a long time we'll see we'll see how this works out but can, we're gonna can, get yeah, yeah we're it's a two, two-edged sword. You know, it cuts both ways. There's going to be opportunities for the gospel. There's also going to be opportunities for Satan. And we're going to end up saying that Satan's going to be crushed under the feet of Jesus. But, and, and he will. You know, Satan had a plan yeah. to kill Jesus once, and Jesus rumbled out of a tomb. <laughs> right. And, but at the same time, we don't have to be naive to to the schemes of the evil one. That there's there are real dangers that come attached to to social distancing, and that uh, we really do we really do need each other, and to some extent we are going to be deprived of that at this time. 
Yeah, and I want to I want to come at this uh, a little bit of a different way too, and and this is really the same point um, that Snoop Dogg makes for us when he comments on those nature shows. But uh, to think about it like this, that the devil always wanted to to get people isolated, right? That that's always his big goal. He wanted to get people isolated. And he cuts you off from God, from each other. Yeah, and so you know when you read about Jesus when he was tempted by by the enemy and the spirit leads him out into the wilderness uh, to be why was that? Well, he knew that Satan might take a shot at him out there. And sure enough he did. The the devil is always like that. I want you to think about this that he comes to Eve, not Adam and Eve. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's his tactic is to get us distanced, to put it that way, from other people. Because if someone else is there, they're going to say, no, 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 don't do that. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to support you through this. And, you know, when we're in group settings, we, we're, we're going to be able to fend off the attacks of Satan. But if he can get us alone and, you know, the 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 big biblical metaphors for satan and and his tactics are are twofold as far as i can tell one is darkness darkness so so darkness is is literally a form of being cut off it's sensory deprivation so you don't know where you're going you can't see where you're going you have no guide to get out of it you're just stumbling around and you're all by yourself in it um and wilderness wilderness is the other one so wilderness um if you imagine yourself in the middle of the sahara desert and there's no markers uh sometimes you see mirages but you get there and it's and, and it's not what you think it is you're and you're all by yourself you don't know where you're going and you don't have the resource that you need to stay alive so these are isolation is um it's it's a it's a real loss and and a real opportunity for satan and yet at the same time like we're going to say god can redeem us god and he will he will so you become this is what we're saying to sum it up you become uniquely vulnerable when you're alone on the one hand and then on the other hand, you are suffering the deprivation of some of God's good gifts. So those, those, two, those two things, one, you're attacked in a new way, and two, you're grieving what's missing, if we could say it that way. The, the blessing of each other, the joy of each other. Uh, there's a verse in 1 John one and i think it's one verse four where john writes to his church and he says we write to make our joy complete and we'll have to explore that more on another podcast but this idea that we're not complete without each other is is really important we can't have all the joy that god intends for us to have unless we're together in community yeah and, and right I, I think i think that's a really important point where 
we're not we're not cut off from God and isn't that a beautiful thing that he's with us even as we're in isolation but we yes. are from each other and that's that's really what that's that warm hug that you maybe get from somebody on Sunday all those little conversations that happen right after worship gone you know like we can't check in with each other and see how we're doing um i tell my church part of my favorite thing at church is when i see people talking to each other it's just (laughs) i I, i'm very fatherly about that and whenever i see that i just have this this deep joy i just sit there and stand there and smile like this is awesome (laughs) i just love that yeah and one of the things i've been thinking about is how a live stream um, can't replace that. And so we're, we're talking about at church um, how we can put together a uniquely online worship experience. And it's not going to be someone holding up their iPhone while somebody reads the scriptures and preaching the scriptures with an empty church. Like, I, I, I can't imagine doing that. But one of the things we want to do is make sure to get people on um, smaller group calls and, and video chats so that we can, you know, in a, in a bad way, replace some of that interaction that's really so helpful and so encouraging to Christians. How can we check in on each other at this time? How can we utilize technologies like Zoom to just care about each other and and maybe even see each other at, at least in a mediated kind of way. Yeah. And I think it's important. And even, even if we, we do go online and there I am, you know, pastoring uh, the church <laughs> over Facebook Live, you know, how can we, how can we utilize? I, I was talking to our big brother about this yesterday, Timothy, how can we use technology to, to chat in to, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a great replacement, but how can, can we chat in? Can we, can we interact with that technology in a different way to create an environment where uh, people are known at, at least a little bit and cared about just a little bit? And how can we be pastoral through those mediums? But at, Here's the bottom line. Uh, we're, we're just grieving this before we offer any solutions about redemption. Is there is at some level an inability to love each other um, in a full and complete way? Right. And th- yeah, I texted somebody yesterday, and I just said I'm grieving right now. I'm all of the things. Like Sunday morning is my favorite day of the week. I'm not going to lie. That is my that's the height of it. I, I, I want to see everybody. I, I love seeing everybody. It's so encouraging. And so my favorite things and my favorite people, um, just got taken away from me. And I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm sad about that. I think that's okay to be sad and say, you know, and trust that God, when he does bring us together, that there's going to be incredible joy. I, I can't help but think of that passage and Jonathan, we're going to start doing a podcast on first Thessalonians. Um, but I can't, 
help think of that passage where he says in in first Thessalonians um, the, the Apostle Paul longed to see everybody and he couldn't he couldn't he says Satan blocked our way and we'll come back to that in a little bit um, he wanted to see everybody and that's kind of how I feel and I'm sad that I can't Satan's blocking the way social distancing there's a cost to our emotions there are costs to our relationships there's a cost to our spiritual life but how can we redeem this we have some suggestions for people yeah number a number how many have we got i think we got eight yeah eight we started ways. out by saying we we're gonna have five ways to redeem it i think we got eight now and there's probably more i i really hope that this can be a list that expands and uh maybe as you're listening to this you can think about your ways of doing that but i got we got we got eight so that's yeah. a start and some of them <laughs> some of them you know sometimes people with would withdraw i thought about it this way from society like monks um for spiritual reasons um, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing, but but we have to we have we have to withdraw right now. And I also thought of in the scriptures how a husband and wife can can withhold for, for from each other for a time to to focus and get quiet with God and in prayer. Yeah, yeah. And so so a lot of these suggestions have to do with getting quiet and getting alone and without distraction um as what a wonderful time you you know you think about it what a wonderful time to meditate on the word (laughs) yeah Uh, there's gonna be as there's less distraction entertainment and we i want to talk more about the implications of that later but we have a chance to truly meditate on the word of god to really improve our our spiritual lives through the work of the spirit and that that may be something to explore on this podcast at some point what are good practices of meditation what is meditation um what is christian meditation because it's very different from what people in the world mean by uh, meditation these days uh but for those of you who have been uh, taught biblically about about meditation i know i've spent a lot of time with that at my church this is a chance to to slow down to to meditate on the word of god what a what a beautiful thing to do and if you'd like to do that with us um we we are hoping to get some podcasts out here on first thessalonians because we thought what a what a great time for us to meditate on the word and then if anybody else can benefit from it, what a what a great thing to be able to do. So that's number one, meditate on the word. Here's number two, intercessory prayer. Mm. I I heard this great quote, and I, I'm taking it from uh, a man by the name of Dr. John Kleinig, and he has he has a wonderful book on on meditation, but he speaks in that book about prayer, and one of the things he says about prayer is this i i thought it was at least a very very stimulating thought he he asked this question what is the most pure act of love 
that you can have for somebody else. And he suggested that the answer was intercessory prayer. And the reason why he said that, this is his argument, is he said, every other act of love somebody else knows about. But with intercessory prayer, you do it, they don't know about it. You only do it for them. You're talking to God, and we know that God, that our Lord responds to prayer. It, and so in that sense, you're giving somebody the most profound gift in a completely selfless way, which is by definition love. And so this is, you know, it can be so disempowering to have to sit at home. Many of us, we want to get out there. We want to fix it. We want to do, we want to do, we want to, we want to get involved in people's lives in a situation where we are so such disempowered people in some ways because we can't come into the presence of at least large large amounts of people or perhaps we're sick ourselves what we can do is prayer and and prayer is powerful and it is an incredible act of love so we got we got so far we got word and we got prayer yeah are you, nobody should be surprised by those things and one of the things I just wanted to say is um, commutes have gone away. We're, we're stuck at home. Many of us are not stuck, but we're choosing to be at home. And um, this is a, you can fill those hours. Trust me, you can. And we want to fill them with things that are healthy for us and good for us. And, and so word and prayer I, I can think of some other ways that aren't so good too that include like binging on television and um, you know self-medicating your way through this crisis and what we're saying is turn to God turn to God well you're right Timothy again you have we have this theme it can cut both ways we can start really good habits get up maybe get up earlier that's one of the things i'm doing i was i was up early this morning for word and prayer myself and i'm really as as life changes i'm really working to implement good habits with the help of the spirit um, because something's going to fill that time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and some of it might not be so good. Like there, there's some memes on the internet, like of me going into quarantine or whatever, and you can't you go into it thin, you leave fat, you know, or overweight, or s- something like that, and or me going into quarantine, and all of a sudden you're a drunk or whatever, and, and like these things actually aren't funny. People are actually worried about this, um, but we let's help each other through it right and let's spend time in word and prayer the third thing that we we thought of of redeeming the time that is is to be with our families um to to lead our families into god's word you know so we're still we're still on the word and prayer theme (laughs) well to actually pray as a family and to study the bible including the kids like public school kids, I thought about this, can now have their parents, like the public schools are going to do this online learning, right? But these parents who are at home now maybe can find a way to every day get their kids 
into the word somehow and add that into the public school curriculum wouldn't that be beautiful well uh, yes yes it would so i want to i want to make two comments not one the first is this what if our response to social distancing was social connectedness see you we are going to be distanced from some people at the same time we're going to come closer to other people and <laughs> that that's an incredible opportunity to uh re-enliven a marriage to pour into your kids uh so i'm not to, i'm not to the word of god yet but i i think for me this is this is an incredible opportunity to play soccer in the backyard with my daughter, you know? Um, <laughs> I'm laughing about that because you're in South Carolina, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not we're, the city. We're packed into one-bedroom apartments. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, but you're right. Even at our house, for example, um, Aiken County is, is putting together packets of schoolwork for the kids and and so Eliana's talking about how mom's her new teacher and going to be taking her through all this stuff and what we're going to be adding in is Melanie and I were like we're going to we're going to do hymnology with <laughs> we're going to teach her a hymn and and I'm going to come out and I'm going to do word of god with her during the day and and uh I I, I think with some discipline that we can do some really amazing things. This can be an un, unforgettable time. So yeah, the family altar becomes becomes important. We can combat what I'm saying is we can combat social distancing with social connectedness. Yeah, that's a that's a really good thought. Yeah. It, um, we we wanted to talk about also um helping just staying connected in in the ways that we can um and g getting to know our neighbors paying attention to our marriages stuff like that how about calling people you haven't called for a while you know melanie said to me and i thought this was a really really thought provoking she said you know what i can call my brothers you know, her brothers are very hardworking men, and now they're not they're not working. And I can call my brothers. Is is are there are there people we can reach out to and call and and check in on that we haven't talked to for a while? Just that simple. Talk to me about that poem as well that you that you read. That was a pretty interesting thing you shared. Well. The poem, it was a beautiful poem and that, that I just saw on social media. And the poem was, was talking about how we're going to come out or what's going to be happening right now. And, and the, I can't remember it word for word, but it said some dance, some prayed. Uh, and then the, there was this line that, that really captured my attention. It said, some met their shadows. And I, I thought about that because in a world where there's no sports, in a world where um, 
we're missing the presence of other people to some degree in a world where we can be very isolated all of a sudden there we are with ourselves and it, look timothy we live in a culture of distraction there's there's no doubt about it and the <laughs> the issue there is we never really <sighs> that's too strong but we have a tendency not to deal with our own spirituality and our own toxicity internally. But when you have to sit by yourself, uh, it you, you have a chance to surface a lot of things that you haven't dealt with. I, I still remember a few years ago, somebody said to me, I, I can't sit by myself in silence. And when, when that's true about you, you know that there's things that, that you're denying, that you, that that you're not dealing with spiritually. This is a chance for us to be quiet with the Lord, to uh, repent of our sins, to bring our pain into his presence. Anytime we have more solitude um, and the Lord brings that to us, it is a chance for us to do that. And as painful and as difficult as that may be, uh, it's incredibly spiritually important. And so that's something that I would encourage people to, when, when you do find more solitude, come into the presence of the Lord with the Word of God, with prayer, with meditation. And when you meet your shadow, I think maybe we all will, with increased solitude and isolation, uh, we can commune with the Lord during those times. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll encourage you know anyone out there too who's feeling really really alone um or or needs help to work through some of those things your pastor's all always available even if it's just over facetime or whatever to help you go through some of those things and and this can be a, a time to to walk through um maybe what you haven't wanted to walk through because god can meet um incredible guilt with forgiveness, it's what he does. He meets shame with incredible holiness that he gifts to us. He he meets fear and anxiety with the promise of his presence and and his goodness. And these are the things that God in his spirit that he pours out so richly on us um, that he promises to help us with. Amen to that. <laughs> That's a beautiful, beautiful statement. And we, we got two more here. We got two more. Uh, here's the second to last one. And I call this one watching with new eyes. Watching with new eyes. And I'm basing this off of a verse from Ephesians chapter 2. It's verse 10 where it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love that. I love that verse that that God prepared good works in advance for us to do. He has things for us to do in this time. You know, um, I can't wait to see what they are. And I I think that watching with new eyes, uh, there's going to be opportunities for us to love people. I I sent I sent an email off to my church last night updating um, them on on where things are at and and but more importantly i asked them 
how can we redeem this moment and that that the Lord has given us now for the gospel? And I've got responses pouring in. And God's people are thinking hard about how we can love our neighbor in this time, how we can come closer to the Lord in this time. Uh, and it reminds me of a story. I, I, I told this on our last podcast, and but I'm telling it again because it really impacted me. This, this image of, of people quarantined in Italy singing from their balconies. And I, I just have to believe there's, there's got to be ways that we can connect to our neighbors in brand new ways, uh, times when we can speak about the gospel uh, to our neighbors, to loved ones um, in fear and in crisis. And I really think as Christians, we can keep it's it's exciting in that way. We can keep our eyes peeled for uh, what what good works do you have for us going forward, Lord? What light can we bring to this dark time? Uh, there will be opportunities. I know our God, and I trust Him on that. Yeah, and to, and to be open to that, to God leading us, and to open our eyes and our hearts, like what is it, Lord, that you have laid out for me to do today? Even if it just means sitting with your kid and and loving them, uh, we do. I, I, we do have a big announcement today. You know, we're we've been given an opportunity and, and a gift. Even even as we lose some certain things, we're going to gain some things. And you know, Jonathan, we've been talking about doing Thess- First Thessalonians on the notable podcast now for months like this isn't something that that um we're kind of doing on a shoestring or something like that we've been already working on this book and we were intending to do it this summer right (laughs) yeah we were (laughs) but the lord has moved the timeline on that and we want to lean into it now and and the reason why, and I and I think the Lord just lined this up for us is I want to just lay out the book for for everybody in this way. First Thessalonians is is a letter that was written by a pastor who could not see his church, and he is just broken up about it. He he wants to see them, he's yearning to see them, and he cannot. And I I want to read. He feels um, like an orphan. And, you know, I think about that. You know, what? Let me just read this this heart-pounding verse. He says, But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. Like the Apostle Paul felt deeply like a different person, um, he longed he 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 was sad he he was kept up late at night thinking about i want to be with the people that i love and i can't and 
that's that's the book of first thessalonians he's he in because he can't get to them he wants to write to them and that's a book that we want to go through with you during these times yeah the we got this <laughs> you, you got a couple of pastors on the other end of this who are feeling orphaned as well you know and that's a powerful powerful word people don't even want to use the term orphanage anymore because of all the connotations that that come attached and so we don't use the word lightly and and paul doesn't use the word lightly but but here we are uh, missing our glory our joy and yet at the same time through the lord jesus hoping in him that the crown will be returned to us yeah i and, and in the meantime you know we're gonna write our own kind of letter which is called a podcast because that's what paul did and we're gonna yearn we're gonna long for jesus to open the way again and you know I, i'm already envisioning the day when um we open church back up again <laughs> i there's gonna be hugs and great joy as we come into the presence of god together um to worship his name and to pray together again uh in the meantime we'll take what god gives and we'll look forward and yearn for the day when we and i don't think public worship uh, i don't know that i'll take it maybe we've taken it for granted that we can get together on a sunday we have such freedoms in our country um maybe we've taken it for granted I, anyone who goes through this though maybe won't anymore and if we go and grow in our appreciation for being able to get together you know you know because for a short time we're not able to get together that's a win too hearts made fonder timothy hearts made fonder <laughs>